Hi everybody, this is Marco from Lacuna Coil and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast. Rock on! Welcome to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. Uh, my name is Matt Rycroft, and I'm joined today by... Mike Dyer. And Russell Taylor. Hey guys, how are you doing this evening? Good, um, thank you, Matt. Yeah, good, thank you. What have you been up to? Um, well, on Tuesday, after work, I travelled over to Liverpool, because um, Renata from Mexico was um, over while she's doing like a stop-off in London and various places, so... I went over to meet her and uh, I really enjoyed the afternoon. We spent a few hours together and talked about Lacuna Call and various things and really good to meet someone from uh, South America whilst we were on this whistle-stop tour. Oh, brilliant. Ciao, Renata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. What about you, Russ? Me, uh, a quite retro week aside from work. I'm mostly regressing back to the days of, uh, believe it or not, new metal. So there's been a lot of corn, cold chamber sort of played in my house, as well as some questionable machine head videos from the Burning Red album. Oh, good old, good old machine head. Exactly. You did post earlier in the week a um, Rage Against the Machine when they did hype. Was it Finsbury Park? I did. Wasn't it? Yes, it was the Finsbury Park show. Um, you had a chance to watch it. Yet? Oh yeah, I watched it straight away. It is mate. a blinder it's totally blinder yeah, yeah. it's one of those shows I was really jealous I didn't get a chance to go to and I really enjoyed it so yeah fantastic show love Rage Against the Machine I have to say if anyone's not seen it it is available on YouTube and definitely check it out as I said the band's on fire oh totally worth watching totally yeah, worth watching totally. It's, it's quite interesting actually because it kind of shows the power of social media mm. you know, the whole what was it um Britain's Got Talent or was it X Factor? I can never remember. Uh, it the... was, uh, yeah, X Factor. And, and they so... tried to put someone in at number one and... Um... Rage Against Simon Cow. Rage Anyone. Against Simon Cow. <laughs> Kill it in the name of. Love it. Love it. I've got my sugar, sugar. tomorrow. My sugar tomorrow. Yeah. Cool. With Devon Townsend. So I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing those guys in London. Should be good. News this week then. About the only news we have is that... Um, Mouse did an interview with uh, Schlecht Guitars. He's got a new seven string, the uh, Mouse C7, and he's done a short interview um, with Schlechter. You can see it on the front page of Empty Spiral. It's uh, worth checking out. Really interesting review, uh, especially if you like, well, guitars, basically. Interestingly, a couple of people have raised the fact that it is only available in the US. Um, however, you can get it, should anyone want to purchase the Mouse custom guitar, you can get it on order from Schecter to an approved Schecter dealer within the UK or Europe. So if you talk to the right people, you can get hold of it. Oh, that's worth, no- worth knowing. Definitely. Cool. We caught up with Chris, the Kunikos drummer this week, who's not been on tour for some time now. Um, because of the birth of his uh, lovely daughter. He wasn't in the Dark Legacy tour in the UK, which was when I interviewed the band about the Comalize album, which of course was 10 years old in 2012. So we managed to catch up with him this week and ask him those questions about Comalize and his memories of uh, recording the album at that time. So um, I hope you enjoy the interview.
So, this evening we're very happy and very lucky to be talking to uh, Chris from Lacuna Coil. How you doing, Chris? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Ciao, Chris. I'm fine. I'm good. Ciao, Ross. <laughs> it's good to speak to you. Thanks, mate. The same for me, man. <laughs> so, as you might have seen, late last year during the uh, Dark Legacy Tour in the UK, I asked the rest of the band questions around the uh, about the Comalize album being 10 years ago old as it was last year yeah uh, obviously you weren't on that tour so i thought we'd take the opportunity to catch up with you now and really get your thoughts on and your memories on the album yeah my pleasure man excellent excellent so let's start off with uh, what do you remember of that time you know, all those years ago when the album was being recorded i remember that this album was actually the the turning point of uh, lacuna coil's career um, it just uh, put us, I mean, the band to to a different level. You know, we start touring uh, like massively the the US, and we open up like um, a huge market compared to what we did before. Mm -hmm. And um, it was was a very very nice nice moment of uh, of our career. I mean, and one of the thing I remember most is the dress we used to have uh, while we were on stage, like the, the priest dress. Oh yes, yep. of course. <laughs> it's like oh, something I will never forget. <laughs> we did you wear that dress on stage? Did you wear? That? Yeah, of course. Did that make drumming difficult with all those big sleeves? Yeah, but it was made uh, like um, in a different way for me. So I had like um, some cuts, some parts where I where I can move my hands and my my arms. I mean, and my legs in a in a better way. So it was a bit different made from compared to the others. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to the recording of the album, um, can, can you remember what that was like for you? It was um, we recorded this album in uh, in Germany at the Woodhouse Studios, uh, and um, it was produced by Valdemar, which was and still is a very good friend of us. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was something different because we took um, a longer time to record it, and I mean we had a very very good vibe about all the songs and I mean we, we, we just loved it I mean I loved that period that moment of my of my career actually do you ever listen to the album honestly I prefer to listen to the last uh, work we do because um, it's always like a growing thing for us you know yeah. so I learn every time I, I want to to put like a drumming part in an album in a, in a song I want to grow, so I just start from the last uh, stuff I did, which includes all, all the all of, all of of what I've learned since that moment. So I start from that and go on. But actually, sometimes I I put it on, and of course I'm I'm don't listen to Evans Alive because we <laughs> start like so well, many. You, you you've not heard it before. No, wow, wow! <laughs> Never heard that song. So it's like, uh, of course, I'm not listening to Evan Salai because we always play that song every every show we did. So I mean, uh, but still, uh, it's nice to to hear some other stuff, some other songs, you know. Do you have a favorite song on the album? I used, yeah, I, um, actually one of my favorite song in the old Lacuna Coil uh, stuff. It, it used to be in this album. And it was Tightrope. Uh, of course, because of the drumming thing, which was very, uh, which I like it very much, you know. Uh, Still uh, is one of my favorite song, and um, another song I really like of this album is uh, Angel's Punishment. Uh, remember, we used to play that song uh, just a few times. We played it a few times, not so many times. Yeah, it really gets played that one. I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. I've ever it's, seen it live actually. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was. Was it played on the Karma Code tour? 
I yeah, seem to yeah, possibly yeah. in 2006 yeah, possibly, yeah. Story. I, I really okay honestly I really don't remember but I guess I, I, I remember that we played it we played it live and um, but we didn't arrange it uh, maybe we would love to rearrange it and do it live maybe you know in a different way I don't know if it's gonna happen it would be nice I mean I would love I would hope for it you know on the subject of changing the songs if, if you were to go back and re-record the album today I know this is a hard question, but would you change anything about the album? The drummer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, of course, uh, the, the sound is growing. Uh, there are, I mean, much better ways to, to do guitar sound, drum sounds and everything. But I get I will keep this album as it is. I mean, I like this album, actually. I like the sound. It's something very melodic and at the same time... Uh, still fresh, you know. So I, w I will not change so much, actually. Not not on, not on this album, actually. Yeah. Okay. It's still one of your um, most popular albums, as you can well imagine. And as you say, it was uh, the album that, that really brought you increased popularity, especially in the US. Yeah. You mentioned the typewriter as one of the songs, but uh, you released a couple of albums. For, uh, sorry, a couple of songs from the album. If there are any other songs that you could release, what would you release as singles? Uh, as singles? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, as I told you, Tightrope and uh, Angel's Punishment, for sure. Also, I think Entwine would be a good one. Maybe some some people will like, like it. Oh, know? I love Entwine. It's, my, it's one of my <laughs> favorites of the album. In fact, it's one of my favorite Lacunacor songs. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> song to watch live. Great. Oh, yes, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, I miss it every time it's not on the set list. Well, we, we, used, we played it a lot. I mean, we really played Entwine a lot. As a, You mentioned uh, Tightrope and you, you enjoyed the drumming on that. Uh, and I appreciate it's been a long time, but looking back at the recording and then playing the songs live from Coma Lies, what were the songs that really stuck out to you as being the ones that you'd had a lot of fun with, with the drumming? I have to say tightrope again. <laughs> and also, I, I really had fun to play uh, Daylight Dancer because it was uh, like a sort of a very groovy pattern, like groovy drum pattern. And we actually uh, changed the, the whole pattern in the studios because it was meant, it was meant to be different. But then while we, we start recording it, we, something new came up, you know. So the, the drum pattern actually was born in, in the studio. You know, so the leading part. So I I like that that part. I, mean, I like that song. I really enjoy that song to play. Were there any songs on the album that you really didn't like to play? Like Adam's Alive. <laughs> but, but that's only because you played it like thousands of times. Surely, I mean, it's, it's yeah, a great song, of course. It's a, I, I like the song. I it's a very very good song, I guess. But uh, it's like um, drumming wise, I it's not my one of my favorite. Let's let's say that you know. Oh, okay. Let's try to be like uh, diplomatic. You say that like. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is there anything else that, when you look back at what Comalize did in terms of an album, in terms of you recording it and then taking it on tour over those over those years, and then there's when it got re-released in 2005, uh, which again sort of tied in with Ozfest. 
yeah. Did you have any kind of lingering memories across the whole length of the album, which makes you think, yeah, those were those were great days, you know, sort of comalized memories in particular? Uh, Life-wise, you mean? Like yeah, some... or just something that really kind of ties into what you remember from the time of Comalize you know, as an album, as a touring album. Yeah, I mean, it was great. As I, as I like told you, it was like uh, something very, very new for uh, for all the band. I mean, uh, I, as you say, like Odds Festival was something like uh, we never experienced before. So, uh, and we did it like twice. So it was like very, very, very good. There was like a like a summer camp, you know. I remember that uh, uh, that was one of the the tour I enjoyed most, you know. Because we had the chance to meet lots of bands, lots of people, and you know, had contacts with like everybody, everyone, you know. So that was like one of of the things I remember more about this um, this album, you know. The videos from Camelias were two videos made, which of course was Heaven's a Lie. Uh, which had a couple of videos, but we'll f- focus on what's now considered the official video. Yeah. And of course, um, Swamped. So yeah. What did you think of those videos? Did you have a favourite of the two? Let's say um, I like um, I like how can I say the um, atmosphere of Evan Salai's video. I think it's um, it's like uh, kind of um, I like it more than the Swamped video. The Swamped video is too like I don't know maybe too many effects, too many you know. But still, it's a you know it's it's a good video. We, we just started to to do videos with this album basically so it was something new for uh, for us so uh, it was a good starting point you know <laughs> of course and of course the heaven of the live videos got ninja stars in it of course you know <laughs> <laughs> that was not my idea actually I, I thought it would have been absolutely your idea and i, I think you should be <laughs> no. telling the rest of the band that you want ninja stars in every single yeah. lacuna core video <laughs> Every video, no. every photo. Shoot. I would have preferred Robots. like um, I would have preferred like a nunchaku, but you know, <laughs> just put like ninja stars. <laughs> well, I, I def- we need we definitely need more of that Eastern influence, ninjas, ninja stars. So you know, <laughs> we, we're going to sow that secret, and hopefully you can make it grow for us. <laughs> <laughs> Big thank you to Chris there for joining us on the podcast and answering questions about Comalize. He's such a great guy. Yeah, it's review time. So um, we're getting to the last couple of songs from In A Reverie now. And uh, this one, we're actually talking about Reverie itself. I believe it's my turn to go first, isn't it? So, my thoughts on Reverie. Um, Well, at 6 minutes 20, it's the longest song on the album. And uh, I re- actually, this has got some interesting points to it, this song. Firstly, I really like the dueling vocals from Andrea and Christina. Um, this is the kind of the first time, I don't know what you guys think, where we see Christina's voice used as an instrument rather yeah. than a, a kind of a vocal line within the song. Mm. Um, because of the way that she she sings the song and she includes a number of, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of um, just vocal sounds, really. Which yeah, there's, is very, there's a lot of different vocal tones. Yeah, it's, it's quite indistinct, but it really adds to the song. It's very melodic as well, isn't mm, it? Very much so. And my thoughts on this. Firstly, it reminds me a lot of Circle, which, as you'll recall, is not my favourite song on the album. Certainly from the start of it. But Reverie, not just because of its name and how it relates back to, of course, to the name of the album itself, I kind of see Reverie as the heart, if not the soul of Inner Reverie as an album. So it, it's, it contains within the song many of the themes which make up the album. There's a sense of loss, dreaming, death, or something similar, sort of someone departing from from the um from the song itself or from the person that's singing the song and I'll, I'll be honest I don't think it's a coincidence that the album is called In a Reverie and this song is called Reverie in itself in terms of the lyrics it's definitely a sense of yearning for someone that you can no longer have and that goes back to that as I said before the kind of circle of regrets again actually quite a sad song I think um, in terms of the lyrics itself, I've probably my my favourite song. I'm sorry, my favourite um, lyric from the song is, "I want to turn cold ice in my soul. Got to freeze this yearning inside." I love that because there's a sense that yearning's building like up like a fire inside you. Yeah. And yeah. Th- the idea that you want to turn to ice to freeze that yearning to stop it from happening because it's too painful. I love that sense. That's a really good line. Very, very poetic. I like the song. It's not, I have to admit, it's not a standout song. There are lots of good songs on this album. This is a good song, but there are, are better songs. But it's well executed, though. I, I do enjoy the song. What do you think, Mike? Uh, you've pretty much covered all bases of what I was going to say. I think it's, I I picture um, passion within someone like bubbling up and like uh, the whole caboodle with that and they're trying to, uh, trying to cool off those thoughts and everything and feelings that they have for whoever and it's, uh, it's a process of trying to let go and everything. Mm. I think that's my take on it for, for a lot of it. And I, I just think, as we've t- uh, touched upon with the, the uh, Christina's um, uh, voice like another instrument, I think that works really well, and it's uh, very melodic and unusual on uh, an unusual sound on the album. And I think it works really well. We do get to hear a lot of Andrea on this song as well, don't we? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, which is really good. Yeah, it's like shifted from uh, shifted over to him as well, which is good that you hear more of his. Um, Range and everything on the album. Mm, very good. Um, song, sorry. What about you, Russ? Yeah, again, um, basically following what Mike said, I think you've covered all bases. Um, it's it's an interesting song. Um, saying it's it's progressive is the sort of wrong terminology, but I'd say it's probably the the closest to that kind of a song that Lacuna Coil have really in terms of there's lots of different parts um, and lots of different rhythms and lots of different sections in the song. Um, I love the guitar line that Pizza plays throughout it. I think that's sort of the standout part of the song in addition to sort of the vocal line and the melody that sort of Christina throws in there. Um, Without sort of dissecting the whole of the lyrics, I think the one thing that is interesting in this song, if you actually look at the 
the notes in the booklet is that the last verse is actually inverted in speech marks. Yeah, I know. I don't that. know if that yeah, happened. Yeah. I've never noticed that with any other songs. So if you think when you listen to a Lacuna Coil song, it's normally sort of a story or a tale that, you know, Christina and Andreas specifically in the earlier albums are sort of basically telling you. So it's, it's interesting. I won't repeat it, but if anyone wants to sort of go and check it out, you can, you can draw your own conclusions. But I've always wondered why specifically those exact lines were in, in quotation marks really is it sort of taken from a text is it sort of a quote that someone made i don't know but it's perhaps a, a question to ask when we catch up with the guys yeah you're absolutely right and I, I i spotted that myself it does raise this question when we when you see lines in a quotation mark it's, it's essentially telling me as the listener as the reader that these aren't the lines of the person that's singing or or, mm. or citing the statement there's mm. someone else's lines and I wonder who that person is. It's a really strange point. And it, as you say, I'm not going to read the whole thing out, but it starts with, I think of you and I see me. I'm the one I thought I'd never be. Mm. And it's, it's that last verse. And I, yeah, I wonder who that is. Yeah, just a simple inclusion of the, of the quotation marks really adds another dimension to this song. Who is it? Who is it singing these words, stating these words? Absolutely fascinating. I think in hindsight, in paying particular attention to the song, as you mentioned, it is sort of quite similar to, you know, perhaps Cold. Um, but the interesting thing is it's it's almost like an, I wouldn't say underrated classic, but it's one of the songs that perhaps deserves more attention than it's been given, at least certainly from, from my perspective. Yeah. And in actually sort of concentrating more on it and specifically listening to it, um, in specific parts, you do notice the textures of the song. So I think it is one of those underappreciated gems, as it were, as you know, a lot of the early songs, perhaps, with some fans are. Yeah. Well, what about you, Mike? Do you think this is underappreciated? I mean, I think it's actually like the the glue that holds a lot of things on the album together. Almost that it is very similar, as we've mentioned, for uh, two other things on the album, and I think that it. It is like the cent- almost like the central point of bringing every tying everything together as the album's moving along. As as we know, we're now near the end of the reviews for the album, and I think that it, it does really bind the whole thing um, together very well. And I think that the order in which the album structured works uh, works very well. Mm. So, so are you saying that the songs that we've heard so far lead up to Reverie as a I would, I yeah, I would say so, and and it's like one step after another, building up to something. I think this is like the the bread and butter almost of of the whole thing. Mm. I think it's interesting that you say that because if you know, for people who know what song comes next, if mm. you take a step away and place Reverie immediately in front of Veins of Glass, it's almost like the perfect build up. Especially yeah, I think yeah. how understated Reverie is. It's very slow. Um, there's different parts, as we've all mentioned. But then Veins of Glass kicks in with that drum beat, and it's it's a complete change of tempo, a change of direction. Yeah. So it's almost like a song that sort of throws you off as a build-up to Veins of Glass. I think that's a really good point. And although we're at a risk of jumping ahead of ourselves, because in a couple of weeks' time we'll be looking at the album as a single entity, mm. I think it's fair to say even at this point that the flow from one song to the the next in in a reverie is very thoughtful it's definitely been constructed not just thrown together and i I think there are other 
subsequent albums that Lacuna Coil have released that I've argued that the song order hasn't been perfect. Whereas within Inner Reverie, what we've seen so far, it, it pretty much is perfect. One flows delightfully into the other, going from mm. highs to lows. We've had reprises, we've had returns. It's like, and again, I'm, I'm in real danger here of doing what we're going to do in a couple of weeks' time, but it's like the album itself is a song into it, in unto itself. Yeah, and yeah. the individual elements, the songs themselves, make up components that flow mm. really well, and Reverie is one of those. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, again, that I found interesting, obviously we, we caught up with Chris this week that uh, you know people will hear that interview next week, uh, but one of the things he did mention is that one of his favourite songs was, in fact, Reverie, and we discussed you know songs that we would obviously like to hear live, and it was interesting to say that he'd be sort of interested in performing this song, because in, in what, 13, 14 years, I certainly, I don't believe I've ever seen it live, and it would be certainly very, very call to witness oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah yeah we'll get to hear his thoughts on that next week but you're absolutely right he decided that as a favorite and and i've never heard it either in what over 10 years of seeing a clinical live so he's clearly not one that's seen the light of day for a very long time mm. if ever <laughs> well <laughs> indeed <laughs> so okay what i will say though is it is not my favorite song on the album it's a good song it's but a solid song, isn't it? It is a solid song. It's it's well above average, as are well everything that I've heard so far in a reverie. I think it's you mentioned it earlier, Russ. That this is this song's understated, mm. and I think that's fair to say about all of in a reverie. Really, yeah. it's one of those. It's, it's real solid. Power. Yeah, it's solid. Totally, totally. And for a first full album, the, the band really have shown what they're capable of. Um, mm. In terms of score. Again, it's relative. I, I keep caveating that because I don't want anybody yep. thinking that I'm playing these songs down, but yeah. there are songs that I like more on the album when I look at it, Reverie in comparison to the other. I'm kind of in a kind of a six or seven place, so I'm going to I'm gonna do a Russ and go for a 6.5. <laughs> um, I say it's not a standout. It's well executed. Don't get me wrong, it is well executed, but it's not a standout song to me. That comes next. Anyway, um, <laughs> Mike, what about you? I will also go for a 6.5 and I think it's interesting that as we've talked tonight about this song we have very very strong um, uh, views on it and the very similar views which is interesting in itself I think with it and 6.5 that's what I'll go for Cool, Russ? Yeah, no, I'm inclined to agree with the pair of you and go for the, the butter chicken cop-out review. <laughs> butter point chicken five. cop-out review. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, if, if Richard Wolfgang is listening, he'll know fully what we're talking about. Um, so, yes, yeah, 6.5 for me. Very, very solid song. Um, it's not a standout track, but as I said, it, it fits well on the album. Um, and I think, yes, there are better songs. So in context, it's a solid six and a half. You know, I think that's the first time we've all agreed on one single number for a song. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and clearly, 6.5 will now be, be our butter chicken um, <laughs> number. Which, okay, for those of you who don't know, uh, we've had a few curries during the Kunikawa tours over the years. And uh, if you're a wimp, if you're a wimp, I should say, and if you can't handle your, your spices, then you go for a butter chicken. Uh, and not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, yeah, certainly a 6.5 number.
Cool. Well, that brings us to the end of our review and to the end of our podcast. If you want to get in contact with us, you can, of course, do so via all the usual channels, via EmptySpiral.net, which is a website, of course. You can also get in contact contact with us, I should say, via the Empty Spiral Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash EmptySpiral.net, or via Twitter, which is, of course, at EmptySpiralNet. We are also available on the iTunes and Stitcher networks, so do send us a review or like us or give us a five star rating you know we love it when we see stuff like that whatever you want to do just let us know that you're enjoying the podcast because we really appreciate it um that brings us to a close for this week and uh, next week you'll be hearing the second part of our interview with chris as well as a review of if you haven't guessed it by now where have you been but it's essentially veins of glass which i'll admit is my favorite song but anyway don't tell the guys that so <laughs> my, my name's Matt Rycroft and uh, tomorrow I'll be going to Brixton Academy to see Meshuggah and Devin Townsend so I'm looking forward to that um, with me is of course Russ Taylor what are you up to for the rest of the week me I'm heading up to London probably for tomorrow but less exciting than Meshuggah so uh, a quiet night out in the pub for me tomorrow good man and Mike what are you up to um, I'm going camping tomorrow for camping. Um, a couple of, yes a couple of days good stuff well I hope the weather stays nice for you mate yes thank you alright well um, this is the Empty Spiral podcast and we'll speak to you next week take care everybody ciao everyone cheers <laughs>